Hey everyone, welcome again to the Bat-Ass Podcast, the Batman the Animated Series Show podcast, where we talk about Batman the Animated Series. My name is Clay McCormick, and with me as always is Sean Murphy. How you doing, Sean? Good, man. Happy to uh, have another guest to uh, shake it up here. Yes, we have uh, we have another guest who was kind enough to donate to the Kickstarter for my graphic novel, Bloody Hell. Uh, we have Stephen Tsai. Stephen, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Good, good. Glad to have you. Huge fan. Oh, thanks so much. Of uh, of our show or of Batman the Animated Series? Either <laughs> either answer is everything. <laughs> Both of you guys do and of this podcast for sure. Excellent. Thank you. Um so yeah, what what's uh what's your history with Batman the Animated Series? Cuz obviously you must be like you said a big fan if you want to come on and talk about it. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um well, I grew up watching this show. Uh I, I was born in 86 and I guess the original show started what 95, 94 or so? Yeah, 92. And 92. Oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> you got older. Alone. It was syndicated for a yeah. while though. You're not you're not alone. But yeah, I think the first episode I saw was uh my Silicon Soul and uh, that one like kind of blew my mind cuz I was like, what? Batman oh, and a right. robot? <laughs> or his silicon soul. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't think I started with the first episode, but yeah, I, I definitely caught on. And then like um going back to just Batman, the first movie I ever saw was Batman eighty nine. There you go. Yeah. Um or at least a trailer. Because yeah. that trailer is like badass. So you yeah. know I'll, one of the most uh memorable things from Batman eighty nine <clears throat> isn't the movie itself. But I owned it. It was the VHS I owned that I probably watched more than anything else. So do you do you remember? Do you guys remember the Diet Coke commercial that yeah. they had at the beginning of the VHS, where um, it's Alfred taking a phone call, uh, saying that Batman that Bruce Wayne's going to be late for something, and then he's it's it's a it's a it's a weird Alfred centric Batman Diet Coke commercial. <laughs> I yeah. think I missed that one. <laughs> I think I. Did I play it? I think when we talked about Tim Burton, the episode we talked about Tim Burton, I might have played it. In yeah, that episode. I think I you did. I remember I haven't seen that for a while, but I, I know somebody showed it to me recently, so I assumed it was you. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we are going to talk about two episodes, as we always do. Uh, the first one was selected by Stephen here. We're going to be talking about Bane. So we'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk about Bane. And uh, if you guys would like to do the entire thing in Bane voice, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> oh, God. I can't think well, I can. Lose my voice. Is, it, is it Bane from Dark Knight Rises or Bane from this episode? Either one. <laughs> Go crazy with it. Uh, Clay has a controversial opinion on this, and I get so tired of him explaining it to people like he's right. <laughs> what? What's my controversial opinion? Uh, people make fun of the Bane voice, but you like to like lean and be like, however, if it wasn't for Tom Hardy doing that, nobody would remember anything about that movie. <laughs> yeah, that's a hundred percent correct. <laughs> yeah. The Bane voice is great. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break <laughs> and we'll come back and talk about the cartoon version of Bane. <laughs> All right, Bane, written by Mitch Bryan, directed by Kevin Altieri. And this one, Batman comes face-to-face with his most powerful adversary yet, the chemically enhanced assassin Bane. 
Originally hired by Rupert Thorne to kill Batman, Bane plans on taking control of Thorne's criminal empire once Bane is destroyed. Well, sorry, once Batman is destroyed. <laughs> it is a fight to the death with all of Gotham in the balance as Batman takes on the man who has vowed to break the bat. They really kind of uh they're kind of <laughs> pumping the tires on the stakes of this a little bit on the Wikipedia entry because yes. I don't know. It's a little bit more grandiose here than it is in the episode, but um I- I kind of have to apologize to you guys because, like, um, I watched this episode twice before this, and mm-hmm. I fell asleep. <laughs> oh man! Well, I was going to ask yeah. you. Let's get this was, this, was, uh, <laughs> this was the episode that you chose to do. What? Why did you pick Bane? Well, oh, sorry, I, I didn't mean to skip uh, so quickly. But um, oh, uh, the reason why I wanted to do Bane is because, like, um, when I watched this episode, I was reading Nightfall. Yeah, and. You're just like, oh, Bane is like this really awesome bad guy, right? And then you watch this episode, no, and then I won't spoil anything. So, <laughs> oh, we we I mean, everybody's watched it, so feel oh, yeah. free. <laughs> yeah, no, they've had like twenty or thirty years to see it at this point, so it's <laughs> so yeah. I mean, he he he's kind of like a, a lovesick like bad guy with no real drive except for money, which yeah. Is- Totally devoid of what Nightfall was about. Well, it's funny because, you know, yeah, I, I felt I remember remember this episode pretty clearly from when I watched it as a kid. And even at the time, because I, like you, was like right in the middle of Nightfall where Bane was this crazy, uh, intense Batman villain. And yeah. then in this episode, he shows up on a passenger air flight <laughs> dressed in like a big trench coat in yeah. full costume. <laughs> And it's just, it's a really, it's a really weird way to introduce this character. For sure. And then uh, when he gets in the car and then the whole, like, uh, you can't get good, like, service or manpower or whatever it was. Right, right. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but, like, Batman smiles a lot in this episode. Yeah, he's kind of a cocky asshole in this episode a little bit. Sean, what's your what's your background with Bane? Because you're you're uh, you're a little <laughs> bit older than me, at least. So I don't know if if you were uh, yeah. into into Bane at the time when when he was first first appeared. So I was you know born in 1980, so I was 12 when this uh, started. But this episode aired in '94, and uh, I had not read the Bane comic, but I was aware of um, Batman being killed. And Azrael and all that stuff. So that was all mm-hmm. the big event, I'm guessing, in like 1992 or three. So mm-hmm. uh, I knew the ending. So when I'm watching this, I was like, oh, man, they're really going for it. And there's a moment where um, he's holding Batman over his knee. And I'm like, are they going to fucking do it? Are they going to break Batman's <laughs> back? And then ba- and the, right. they, they, they puss out and Batman grabs a knife and cuts the little <laughs> green tube. And then, you know, everything is it goes as you would expect for a kid's show. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, yeah. what you just said is the exact my exact feeling watching the episode this. <laughs> so at the time for the first time as a kid, I mean, cause this came yeah. out um, right around the same time as when they killed Superman. Right. And um, at the time, the live action show Lois and Clark was on with Dean Cain playing yeah. Superman and Terry Hatcher as Lois Lane. Oh yeah. Um, she was and, and, and there was a, uh, they eventually had Lois and Clark get married in that show. And when that happened, I got super excited because I knew that shortly after that, if they're going by the comic books, that means Doomsday is going to show up and kill <laughs> Superman, yeah. which clearly did not happen on that show. 
and this, I kind of had the same response to this where Bane shows up and I was like, oh man, are they actually going to, are they actually going to do it? <laughs> and yeah, you get to that point where he's got him over his head and everything. Yeah, and then yeah. obviously it doesn't happen. And then Bane disappears until he shows up dressed like a, uh, a dominatrix in the next season. Yeah. Oh, but, but that is even better though. Right. That I know I you aren't getting there anytime episode. soon. But yeah, that over the edge is a great episode. I, I actually prefer the new, the second costume. I like the dominatrix leather style Bane. This uh, Jack Kirby yeah. style, like I get why they're going for it. But just if I had to draw one, I would draw the other one. It's sure. his costume in this is fairly goofy. Like yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. I I think I think this costume is. Um, so for anybody who's not familiar with what Bane looks like in the comics, he's got a full face mask that covers everything, so you can't see his nose, you can't see his mouth. And in the, in this show, they make it more like a luchador wrestling match mask, and mm-hmm. I think that's where that element came from. Because but if I'm going to be of, honest, though, uh, mm-hmm. the luchadero mask, uh, Sean does it the best in his curse. <laughs> yeah, night. thank you. That yeah, was she- very important that you interrupt and remind Clay who's the most <laughs> valuable person here. <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, don't please. <laughs> Clay, no, it's all right. Continue. No, no. Sean knows who the most valuable person is. <laughs> um, no, but uh, but from that point on, there had there has always been this like undercurrent of luchador element to Bane, like yes. in the uh, the Batman sixty six comic they did a few years ago. They had they had Bane show up in that as a full full fledged full on luchador. Um, but he's not like if you read the comic, if you read Nightfall, yeah, that is not him at all. So, so somebody, it's I, somebody made that, and they they mis- made thousands of people misinterpret Bane for like two generations, <laughs> pretty, pretty much. <laughs> well, in this, insane. he even starts. He even does wrestling moves too during that fight with Batman. Yeah, he, yeah. He throws That's Batman. Batman. Yeah, he throws Batman into the railing of the boat, and Batman <laughs> bounces off it like wrestling ropes, and then yeah. he hits him with a clothesline. <laughs> But I, I, I do I I did like the scene in the uh in the sewer um when he busts through the sewer wall, right? Mm. And then uh I don't know if you guys uh have read like the recent Tom King run, but like um they have that exact scene in uh the I am Bane um story arc where where he's trying to catch like Commissioner Gordon and stuff. So Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I kind of I kind of like that cuz it's it was a bit suspenseful. You knew it was coming, but yeah, I I thought that was well done. So, what I found interesting about this is um <clears throat> the scene that scene you're talking about where he busts into the sewer and he beats up Killer Croc. Mm. That's actually straight out of Nightfall cuz that's one of the first things that Bane does in the comic is he beats the shit out of Killer Croc. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was watching that and I was thinking like, man, why didn't they use more of the stuff from the comics? Because if if I think my biggest problem with this is I wish it was like a two parter. Yeah, because it's just it happens. Everything happens so quickly. Yeah. And Bane is just much like in Dark Knight Rises. Bane just gets punked out at the end. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of unsatisfying. I feel like they could have done the Nightfall and with Azrael. If they really shortened it up, you could have maybe done a quickie version of that in three episodes. Yes. You yeah. know, that would and be then, awesome. Yeah. And by the end, you know, everything goes back to normal. Batman beats up Azrael or whatever. But yeah, I feel like yeah. if they, if you really wanted to shorten it, you could have done it not in two, but in three. Yeah. And because especially because Bane, I feel like he gets underappreciated or his character 
much much like Killer Croc gets mm. everybody only remembers the venom and the tube going into his head. Yeah. Right. You know, because that's the flashiest thing about him. But Nightfall, <laughs> the entire story of Nightfall is Bane uh psychologically destroying Batman before he then goes in and breaks his back after he's already broken him in every other manner. So mm-hmm. he's like a really smart villain. And yeah. but every time he shows up, Dark Knight rises aside, he is it's just more like, oh, he's the big strong guy with the with the venom stuff. They right. don't they don't lean into the, his uh his smarts. They yeah. do in, in season four, I remember them I remember thinking as a kid, Bane seemed a little smarter. And he was kind of, um, you know, playing the angles off of people. He turns on someone at some point, I think. Uh, the way he talks, he speaks faster. He doesn't speak like a, a you know, a meathead at all. <laughs> so I feel like, he, I mean, he's not like a full-on, he's probably not what you would have written, Clay, but I think he's a little yeah. bit closer to that. That's cool. I'm looking forward to that then. He uh, he, he sounds like Ricardo Montalban from uh, Star Trek <laughs> Wrath of Khan yeah. in this. <laughs> So, Clay, by the way you're talking about this, and because you're a big wrestling fan, I feel like you're going to unfairly – I think that you have two strikes. Bane has two strikes against him right now, and it's not his fault. A, he's not Tom Hardy talking like this. And B, <laughs> oh, actually three. B, he's not really – he screwed he, – they called him a wrestler when he was never really a wrestler, and you're a big fan of wrestling, and I'm guessing that you think that that like, crosses into your territory and you're mad about it for some reason. <laughs> no. Okay. And uh, no. what was the third one? I guess that he's not Tom Hardy. <laughs> no, I. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't care if he's not Tom Hardy. It's. I. I. I think <clears throat> as this episode stands, I wish. I, I actually think it's not bad. The story's kind of weird and and uh, fairly simplistic, especially for a um, new villain introduction episode. Yeah. Um, right. And again, I just think I just don't like that that Bane gets punked out at the end. And yeah. he, they put the, it's the symmetry of the mask thing is nice because he's talking about he wants Batman's mask and stuff, and then he throws Bane's mask. That's fun, yeah. but um, yeah, I wish they had done more with him. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I wish, I wish it showed more of like um, his strategic side as well. Yeah, um, he kind of used, he kind of used Robin a little bit, but like, um, oh yeah, having having Rupert Thorne like hire him, he should like. If it was based on Nightfall, that was already something that he wanted, right? That right. Was something yes. that he wanted for himself. Yeah. And and that will there there's a little bit of that in it where he's saying he he wants to break the bat, blah, blah, blah. But like in the end, yeah, you're absolutely right. He he's just like another hitman, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I I do also really like how he's this <laughs> this mysterious assassin. But somehow Batman has like a whole file on him already <laughs> that, that he's more than happy to say out loud to the audience when he when he we need to talk about who Bane is. Yeah. Yeah. I and do agree and I do like. The inter- oh, sorry. Sorry. No, sorry. No, Sean. Oh, go ahead. Man. Oh, no. Well, I was just going to say I did like the interrogation scene with Killer Croc as well. I that was good. Yes. Yeah. I did I like that. Was yeah. Fun. yeah. Um, fuck. I forget what I was going to say. <laughs> oh. I think that yeah, Clay. I, I, if this if this was a two two part episode, I think that they should use that extra space to show Bane being more than just a muscle meathead and show him being mm. like a tactic, you know, planner. Because um, mm. I think that is more interesting about him. But if they only have twenty two minutes, I, I don't know how they can squeeze that all in. You know. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you know, it's I, I think, Stephen, I think what what you were saying is kind of kind of hits it, too, where I don't know why Bane couldn't have just his thing is that he has come to Gotham because he wants to def- defeat Batman. Like it's yeah. like a it's a goal for right. him. I don't know why he has to specifically be a, a thug for Rupert Thorne. Yeah. And then the whole Candace subplot or whatever. Oh, you know, yeah. You don't you don't really need her, you know. Right. Yeah. If if yeah. he was just like a, yeah. Sorry. No, no. I, I was gonna say I agree. I, I never understood why she was really in the plot. What she really does for anything. You know, it's I. I feel like I'm being too harsh on this episode, though, because I don't <laughs> think it's terrible. I, I I enjoy it. It's I. I don't know. How do you, how do you guys feel about it? Uh, Overall, I I I, I fell asleep uh, the second. <laughs> oh time. yeah, you just say you fell asleep <laughs> twice. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, five out of five. I, Got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think as a kid, I really enjoyed it, though. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think I have fond memories. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do it. Because um, at the time, uh, when I was reading Batman Nightfall, and then I saw this episode, I was like, wow, this episode shows how badass Batman is because he figured out the whole Venom thing, right? Right, right. But then if you think about it in, in the whole context... Yeah, it, it it's lacking a lot. Yeah, I really want to like it, but I feel like it's it gets wrapped up in fan service. Like I feel like this note was given to them, like, "Hey guys, you have to do a Bane episode." Yeah, and they're like, "Well, we, like if that. we do, we want to do it our way." They're like, "No, no, no, just just do the Killer Croc opening, do this, do that. Don't don't, don't make him smart. Just make him a wrestler." And like, he almost kills Batman. Let's just do that. Like that's what feels like they're doing. And I wish that they had given him more of an animated series spin. And made him more, yeah. you know, a, more of a planner, make him more mm. hyper intelligent and all that. And he takes, he attacks Bruce psychologically as well as physically. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I could totally see him like coming on his own um, and just wreaking havoc on his own. Like if you take the whole Rupert Thorne thing out, you could mm. develop a really strong character. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, in Nightfall, the first thing Bane does is he blows up Arkham Asylum and lets everybody out. Right. So Batman is is uh, has to stretch in himself incredibly thin trying to capture everybody. And, I mean, that's that's really fun. I don't know why they couldn't have done that. Clay, how do you feel about Bane in the uh, the Joel Schumacher movie? Oh, oh it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> really? I'm so surprised. <laughs> I, I like when he turns green and veiny. Yeah, plant plant based Bane. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I haven't seen it for a while. I don't. I remember he didn't say much. He was kind of a dumb meathead, kind of a yeah, zombie or yeah. something, right? That now that yeah, I can actually do feels, that voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey. That, feels, that yeah. feels a lot like uh, studio mandated character insertion, where it's like just use Bane. He's popular now. Uh, yeah, throw him in the background. He's a big muscly dude. Just get him on screen. Yeah. Um. You know, it's we're saying we could do this and you could do this in three episodes. It's that's why it kills me that they've they do all of these DC animated movies mm-hmm. and they haven't done Nightfall. Nightfall oh. would be an amazing DC animated movie. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And the animation, you've got, like, yeah. Yeah. The animation right now is like uh, top of the line as well. And you've got uh, they, I know that they just did fairly recently. I think they did the death and return of Superman. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, you've Wait, got did, they both did the, sides. The, the four clones stuff. I believe so. Yeah, yeah they did. Oh, I missed that. Huh. Yeah. 
but yeah, I mean, you've got both sides of the story. You've got, yeah. you could, if you wanted to do it, uh, I think they did death and return of Superman as two separate movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you could do half the movie is nightfall. And then the second half is the Azrael story. I think that'd right. be awesome. It's crazy. Cause they have an yeah. animated series style Azrael figure and a, uh, Asbat or do mm. they have both now? I forget. No, just the uh, the bat. I think. Okay. Actually, uh, Paul Dini uh, started re uh, he started writing a, a new Batman series based on the animated series, and then he he's brought Azrael into that continuity. Right. right. Yeah. I yeah. haven't. I haven't, I haven't read, read it, but yeah. I am curious to see how they work Azrael into that. That'll be fun. It's it's tricky yeah. because those are like very self contained one shots, which I think is what Paul Dini is good at, but. To mm-hmm. tell the, the the Bane story properly, I'd want to give Paul Dini like four issues or eight issues right. to really let him do everything he needs to do, you know? Right, yeah. yeah. I worried because that that series is so quick fire if they're really going to take the proper amount of time to do it the right way, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah it seems like it would need to be an event. But I did, if they... I did one oh. cover and it was like Deathstroke was in it. Uh, yeah. Faith. It was like, it was... Cr- oh, Firefly was in it. It was like, oh, cramped. Yeah. It was so There was a ton going on, like... Yeah, they were like, yeah. do you want to do a cover? And I was like, yeah, sure. Who's the villain? And they named all the villains. I was like, what the fuck? Is- okay, <laughs> great. I can draw, you know, whoever I want. And uh, yeah, like they're like, they're, what do you call it? When you bury the lead, burying the lead in a way where it's like, let's just get oh. all, let's just make a bunch of people come in the first few, up, first few issues. And then we'll start getting to the story later. But it was like right. the first three issues, I think are like cameo packed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's. Uh, I read the first one and I thought it was it was fun. It was it was pretty pretty quick though. It's a quick read. Yeah, uh, yeah. I haven't it's like I haven't Lex caught Luther. up with them. And yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Luther shows up. Yes. Yeah, and then that android, and then yeah. So the, I I only read the first like three issues, the first arc. So mm-hmm. after that, I'm I'm not really sure what happened. Issue mm. one had Lex Luthor and an android in it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wow. It did. Why, I mean, like already, like why is Lex Luthor in, in Gotham? I don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> you know oh, yeah um, i actually there was no real point to that like <laughs> the uh the one thing that i did really like about this uh actually both of the episodes we we're talking about tonight yeah um i miss seeing robin in this show because i feel like he uh at least my, my versions anyway the ones that i watched both had the new mm-hmm. batman and robin adventures intro yeah. And it seems like those episodes, they are consciously trying to get Robin more screen time. Yeah. yeah. And I I do, I don't know why they don't use him more. Because in, in the grand scheme of things, he's only in like maybe a third of the episodes. And he, he doesn't yeah. get used a ton. And I really, I really enjoy seeing the both of them together. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely like Dick Grayson um, and this uh, rendition of him. Uh, he lightens the mood a lot of the times, and especially in uh, the next episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I, I think that's... But I also think that that, that kiddifies it a bit more. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. If Robin wasn't in this episode and then you don't have uh, Rupert Thorne, then there could be like a real wrestling match, you know? True. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. If you take out all the, the the peripheral stuff and it's just Bane versus Batman, yeah, you could you could focus that down a lot more. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, and and I think that if you did that and you had two episodes like Sean was, or uh, um, if you had two episodes of just them two, yeah. I think you could you could still end it the same way, 
Yeah. Um, but yeah. you could develop the character far more uh, in, in between the two episodes. Yeah, yeah. Abs- definitely. Yeah. Have you, uh, did you guys ever watch any of the the show Gotham? Yeah. Yeah. Did either, have you, either of you seen the, the version of Bane that they did on Gotham? I have not. I saw oh, one episode man. and uh, I, I think I was moving at the time. So I had, a, I stopped watching. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 nah, I don't know. No. I don't, it's not very good. <laughs> you didn't like it? I was, I was not a fan. I watched like the first three and I couldn't get into it. but uh in the final season i guess they introduce a version of bane Mm. and he looks absolutely ridiculous he's Mm. he's he's not like a naturally big actor playing him so they've given him like these this like leather jacket with giant shoulder pads (laughs) and he's got like he's got like this uh electronic box thing on his chest like darth vader and he looks like he looks like a gi joe figure and it's really (laughs) It's a really odd choice. Are you a overall like a fan of Bane, Clay? Because I feel like you have a love hate relationship with Bane and with how people choose <laughs> to handle him, him sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I like it when they use him right. Yeah, but I, yeah. I think he's if if uh, if he's just like a meathead, then I don't really care for him. But yeah. if uh, if you lean into the interesting stuff about him, I think he's great. Yeah. Well, if anything, if I could recommend a a, a storyline, yeah, I, I definitely read like uh, Tom King's "I Am Suicide" and "I Am Bane." Mm-hmm. Uh, as you get further into his like eighty-five issue arc, it, Bane kind of takes the sidestep away. But like leading up to those parts, uh, he really builds a strong um, Bane character. Right. Well, he's. Uh, so, yeah. Have you have you read all of the Tom King stuff? Yeah, I did. Okay, so I I won't be ruining anything, but I I know he. Oh, but what about Sean? Uh, he doesn't care. No, like, <laughs> uh, he um Bane is behind Selena Kyle leaving Bruce at the altar, right? Right, right. Yeah, that's 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 fun. I like that. <laughs> yeah, and and you're like breaking everything. Like that was his whole plan, right? Break break this man down, not just right. physically, but every portion of him. Yeah. yeah. Which, which, I, I'll reiterate. If you did that in in this in this episode, but span it among two episodes, you could still do that. Like, right. That would be an interesting story, right there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, yeah. Do uh um, Stephen, as you know, we we do a section where uh we discuss what we would like to draw. Which I don't know if you have any art background. You are more than welcome to join us on if you'd like to <laughs> sure. tell us. What or you'd like you to draw? What episode. would you have commissioned? You could hire an artist. Oh yeah, there you go. Like, oh oh. Um, good, oh Sean, one. I'd I'd like to see you both <laughs> tackle the destroyed Batmobile. Yeah, I know. I can't believe I got this whole this 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 far into this episode without mentioning the the destroyed car with the handprints on it. Oh, and 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 as like a as a extra. Instead of making it the animated series Batmobile, you make it the '89 series. Batmobile. You know, Man. it's funny. Those the Batmobiles—they're—they're they're fun to draw, but they're so time-consuming to get all the curves right. The only thing yeah. harder to draw than that, I think, is a broken Batmobile, where you have to draw everything. And <laughs> you never you ever draw a city, and there's like a bomb that's been blown off, so you have to draw like perspective, but at weird angles because, like, yeah. you know, corner of the building is laying over here, and you know the. The fire truck is laying over. You know, it's just, it's like drawing something well and then having to destroy it. It just feels like a very thankless job to draw things like that. Yeah. When I was doing, well, first of all, Stephen, thank you for 
uh, covering my ego by saying you'd like to have see both of us draw this. <laughs> no problem. But Wait. no, that, that that would be all. That would be all him. I I my I would much rather draw a destroyed Batmobile because I could be like, look, it's just the pieces are everywhere. They don't have to make any sense. Um, but when I was doing when I was doing Redline, I had to do this big double page spread of this uh, this bomb that had gone off and like taken out a whole city block. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah, it was weird. Cause you've got, you have to kind of decide how you're going to yeah. uh, tackle that because you've got to keep some stuff intact. Yeah. But then if you've got any of the building left over, you have to figure out how you're going to, how your destroyed pieces are going to land, right. how yeah. much you're going to cover in like smoke and shit to kind of cover up the stuff you don't want to deal right. with. Right. Yeah. Um, what you're going to black out. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like because uh, we're talking before about uh, drawing uh, shrubbery and trees and plants. Sure. And yeah. we were saying how you, you have basically like three or four or five textures. You just kind of, you know, disperse them carefully. I imagine with a rubble, because I don't draw a lot of rubble, but I imagine a lot of artists have like five different types of rubble. They could just pull out of their ass like a uh, yeah. brick, a uh, pipe, a uh, concrete, a rock, a uh, smoke, <laughs> whatever. Done. Back to brick, you know. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have that. I de- if you go and you look at my stuff, I do a lot of uh, rocks with like rebar sticking out of them. Oh yeah, that's, so that's like a good one. sort of like a crosshatch rebar kind of pattern. Yeah, um, mm. that that that'll get you a long way. Yeah, if you can draw a piece of concrete with a twisted piece of rebar coming out and make that put that in your foreground you're like halfway down the panel. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> that my, indicates to everybody secret- that shit happened here. Yeah, my 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 secret when I when I don't know how to do anything, when, how to compose a shot, just put something really close in the foreground, and that takes up half of your half of your job there. Yeah. Um, what about you, Sean? What would you want to draw? Um, I think drawing the crushed Batmobile would be pretty pretty. If you give me a lot enough time to do it, I would do it, and I do it the right way. But with, oh, yeah. With comics, like I got to get a page done a day, roughly, and I, like I don't have ten hours to burn on one panel of like a perfectly right. drawn yet destroyed '89 Batmobile. You know, <laughs> like, I can do it, but I'm gonna need like two well, days and a lot of beer. Even even in the show, <laughs> even in the show, the way they do it is kind of half-assed. Oh yeah, because they yeah. they just kind of like make the top of it like kind of bumpy. Yeah, he's and then they do it. a close up. Yeah. They do a close up of of like a handprint that looks like he took a bite out of it with his hand. <laughs> no, it looks like the Batmobile is made out of cloth, and he just squeezed it and walked away. Yes. And it, it was just it stayed that way. It does not look like yeah. I I mean I'm I would have done that too. I guess if I had to animate it with airbrush, you know. Or what you do is you you put the camera on Batman and Robin and you just have them both say, wow, he destroyed the Batmobile. And then you just don't show it on screen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Draw one broken tire and then a piece yeah, of uh, exactly. barb stuck inside of some low. Put the camp, put the camera on the ground really close to the car. So you see one wheel yeah. with the hubcap off. Yeah. And then you have Batman and Robin in the background, small saying, Oh my God, he destroyed the Batmobile. And you're all set. So I, I had to and, draw the, uh, 2000, the, the, 2005 Batmobile in uh, White Knight. I have the tumbler in there, and uh, I dr- find myself drawing drawing it from the back because it's just four huge tires stuck together. Yes, and if yeah. you have if you understand ellipses and can do some kind of texture on tire tread, that's the best way to do it. But uh, it's not just being lazy. I actually think that that car looks better from the back. Uh, I think the mm. front is cool too, but you kind of don't know where to look. But when you look at the back, it's like I'm looking at those tires and that thruster. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's sexy if you ask me. So. <laughs> like a guys, if I could add, like one more challenge 
uh, commission. Sure. I, I would love to see Robin versus, uh, what's her name? Candace? Yes, I think so. Yeah. 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 Sh- shirtless wrestling in the yes. water. <laughs> yes. I think that would be so sexy. Guys. That was. That was my fa- actually my favorite part of the episode is when when Bane calls Batman on the phone and then he, he's like he's like look out the window and Batman looks out the window and he just sees Robin's shirt. Yeah. I, I was imagining Bane I was imagining Bane going like as you can see I have your boy and he's topless. <laughs> Maybe I want to draw Batman on the phone with the Robin shirt <laughs> taped outside his window. That sounds like <laughs> Yeah, just an easy day, yeah. <laughs> Lots of black, greater framing, you know. Yeah, I would do. Uh, I would probably want to draw either the the fight on the boat because I love that they put so many wrestling moves in there. <laughs> like it's not it's not often when you see Batman. You can actually see the strategy in Batman's fight because he comes at Bane with uh, flying head scissors twice, and it works twice. Yeah. But then he goes back to the well one too many times, and Bane's got it scouted, and so he picks him up and he slams him. So. So um, flying head scissors is when you have your hands behind you, you're in like a Nerodu run and then you clap your hands around the person's face or do you, do you actually like cross your arms? No, it's, it's when, uh, it's when Batman jumps and grabs him around the neck with his legs oh, and then he like flips him. Wow, yeah. I was way off. <laughs> All right. What do you call that thing I just described? Oh, I have no idea. I don't, I'm not familiar with that one. You're going to have to describe it again. <laughs> <laughs> if, I you, if you're doing the Naruto run with your hands flat out, you know, by your side, and you're running at your opponent sure. in the ring, and you suddenly bring your hands together, both your arms straight, and like slam someone on the on both sides of their face, or feel like you cross your <laughs> hands. Like I thought you would cross your hands like scissors, and then I don't know, choke them or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm awesome. sure it has. Can you I'm draw sure that? No, you guys know. draw that. Yeah. <laughs> Can you give me six panels. panels of that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would. Yeah. So I would do. I would do the the fight on the boat, or I would also want to do the the venom overload sequence. Oh, that looked like a lot of fun. Like whoever got to animate that had a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Although yeah. having to draw hair Especially and veins sounds like someone's staying late. That's that, that that takes a long time. You know. Yeah, animating veins and stuff. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do really like the detail that the the lenses of his mask pop out. And his eyes plug out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he uh, is arrested at the end and they take his mask off, I feel like he's got such a wimpy baby face, though. Like I almost yeah. prefer yeah. not to see him at all. Yeah, it's a it's a weird choice. That's what I mean. They treat him like such a punk in the end. Yeah. Well, it, if I can, uh, if I can go back to the '95 Batman and Robin movie, if sure. If you remember, they kick off the venom tubes, and then yeah. this guy turns skinnier than I, I'm pretty skinny, but he turns skinnier than me, and he's probably like six foot or something. Yeah, um, no, he turns oh. into like a little. A little so I'd rather have this guy. wimp than that wimp. That that's, that's for true. sure. He's, at least this one, he's still a beefy wimp. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what would you guys? What would you guys rate this one? One to five. Oh. I'm gonna go three. I feel like you guys. I, I oh, really, three. I really want it. I mean, it, it gets points for me because I'm like, oh, that's the Bane one. But I don't know if they really, they don't see it through to its full potential. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I would right. recommend this to somebody unless they were a huge Bane fan. Because it's awesome that he's in it, but I just think he's handled better on. Yeah. Steven, what do you think? Uh, just because Sean gave it a three, I'll give it a two and a half. Oh, I was going to go two. Brutal. <laughs> but, yeah. But after our discussion, I'm like, yeah, there's so much potential in this story. If only. 
Yeah, I'm I'm on the fence between a two and a three, I think, Ooh. because it's it's funny we talk it's funny we we brought up the other versions of Bane so much. Yeah. Because this falls into that category where it's like they're using the character, but it's a weird kind of patchwork version that isn't really the version from the comics. Yeah. And right. all of the other characters in the show are so well done and more or less true to the comics yeah. mm-hmm. that it, it feels it kind of stands out that Bane is just this sort of like yeah. eh, well, we have the name and we have the basic idea. Uh let's just do what we can. Yeah. And what's compelling in this episode is it's not Bane as a character. It's that we know Batman is supposed to get his back broken at the end. Like, we know that this is the episode of an event. But as far as Bane's inclusion, like, I just don't think, you know. Oh, before we forget, Clay, give me give us your argument about why you think uh, Tom Hardy is your your dad. (laughs) Why I think he's my dad. Why you like him so much. I'm trying to think. Yeah, sorry. Like in in general as an actor or just in that movie? Why you defend the Bane voice? Uh I think I I like the Bane voice because he had his face covered for the entire movie and so he needed to find a way to make the character memorable and stand out mm-hmm. and the best way to do that is with your body language and your voice. Right. And so he picked a voice that is, you know, very uh identifiable and really makes a mark and you it's the number one thing people remember from that movie so i think he did his job yeah his eye performance is amazing top notch yeah 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 he does he does a lot with with uh um not being able to see 90% of his face yeah <laughs> correct i guess i just feel like i get that he needs a voice that has to pop but does he have to be <laughs> does he have to be up here like he's in a, a weird announcer at a festival from 1930 yeah, just the the choice. Like, yeah, I think he should totally have a really unique accent and be really compelling. But I don't know if the choice he picked, like this wimpy, squeaky voice coming out of this giant man. Oh, I don't think that's a wimpy voice at all. <laughs> um, I remember he's watching got, this got, in like IMAX, and his voice was like super booming at that time. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, that's a, that's a big booming voice he's got. But yeah, I think I think if you're watching it at home, you you probably do lose some of the 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 texture maybe. I I will say what I don't like is uh and it's more of a technical thing. Mm. Um I know when they did the preview, uh, there was some other movie playing at IMAX and they did the same thing they did with Dark Knight where they played like mm-hmm. the opening scene. Mm-hmm. The big thing coming out of it is no one could understand what he was saying because it was <laughs> mixed it was mixed so there was so much distortion on it. It was mixed so low. Right. So the version that came out, it is so clear that they went back in and they boosted the voice because it feels it, it feels like it sits on top of everything else. Right. And so mm-hmm. I don't I don't love that because they clearly went back and tweaked it to make it more quote unquote understandable. But right. mm-hmm. um, but as as a as a as a creative choice, I think it's great. Yeah, uh, I guess. <laughs> I, I think like uh dark knight rises I, I i like the movie personally but i think it definitely would have been better if that whole talia al ghul thing being the head yeah. head person mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that that deviates a lot um because leading up to that the plan is great you know yeah yeah, so, it's just it's they're trying to do too much in that movie, I think. Yeah, I think so. And then they're they're still trying to build on the racial goal like aspect of it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it didn't need that 
really. You could have done without Rachel Ghoul. I just watched it last week for the second time ever, actually. I, I'm not as familiar with oh. it as the other two. And uh, yeah, I had to go and turn on the closed captions because I could not understand <laughs> Bane at all. Yeah, right. What what made you uh, go back and watch it? If uh, you don't mind, I was talking to Clay about something, and it came up. And I remember saying I haven't seen that for a while, and my wife was out of town, and I needed to do something. And I'm like, yeah, I'll rewatch it. Like I'm a Batman guy; I should be up to date on this. <laughs> and I've like, only seen it once, so let's do it. And uh, oh my god, I forgot how long that movie was too. <laughs> Real long, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, I can. It's funny because like Chris Nolan, he's like, oh, I'll do a Batmobile, but it can't look like it, I don't want any stupid ears on it. And you can see him like dumbing down so many things in Gotham, just because I just don't think he's a comic book fan, which is fine. Yeah. And even when you get to Catgirl, he's like, fine, she'll have cat ears, but uh, only when she's wearing her mask up. And no one calls her right. Catwoman; she's yeah. a cat burglar. Huh? Huh? Right. You're like, okay, yeah. whatever. Direct the movie. Yeah, I I right. just had I had such a problem with the whole with the bomb thing. Yeah, because I, I it's just <laughs> it's so such a weird thing where he's like, Oh, off screen in the eight years between movies, he developed this energy thing that now can be used as a bomb. Yeah. And then it ends right. with him literally flying a bomb out into, I don't know. I thought that was kind of cheesy. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think they just try to do too much. Oh, and not to mention, let's send every cop in the city down into the fucking tunnels. Oh, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. There was a lot that they're asking you to believe. And uh, yeah. like one of those stunts, maybe you could build a plot off that. But I think like halfway through, I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah, whatever. I guess we're doing this now. Like it just seems so implausible that someone could hold a city ransom. And, it, you know, blowing up bridges is enough to keep the government away. And I know that you've got an A-bomb or whatever, but I don't know. It's just it's a lot that it asks you to swallow. Yeah, it just feels yeah. like some of the stuff has gotten to kind of convolutedly. Like it's like, oh, well, we have to we need to get rid of the cops because Bane needs to be able to co- take over the city. What should we do? Right. Well, let's uh, send all the cops bury into the, yeah, yeah. We'll just bury them under the ground. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I could, if someone asked me to explain the second movie. I'd say, Oh, well, Heath Ledger's Joker. And he's like really fucking like, I could tell you what emotional beats and what the subtext was of what that movie was really about. You know, it's about Batman. It's about good and evil. And it's about perception. And, you know, but if you asked me to describe this to somebody, I'd be like, I think like Gotham gets taken over and it's hostage, but I don't know what the subtext is. You know, I don't know what like, the, sure. I don't know. I don't really know a better way to describe it. Well, yeah. Cause I mean the Joker in dark Knight in dark Knight has like, you understand what he's going for, but Bane, you don't really understand what he's going for until you find out he's working for Talia. Oh, yeah. So it's, it, you don't have, I mean, I think they get some good stuff out of it, but they they don't really you don't really see the whole picture and when you do see the whole picture you're kind of like oh that's it you know yeah. and and I I hate to do this but like one of the one of the critiques I I seem to have with like Christopher Nolan films is like e- even the action is kind of shoddily shot like um he's but, not a great fight scene yeah director. yeah but for some reason like the Bane fight scene was pretty was probably one of his best action scenes he ever directed. I, I do have a theory about that because most of the Batman fighting in those movies is mm-hmm. pretty tight camera, like shaky cam stuff. Yeah. But the Bane fight he shot with the IMAX camera, right. which is too big to shake. <laughs> so <laughs> I think, I think he had to actually like think about what he was doing a little bit more, which is why yeah. that scene is so cool. 
Agreed. But anyway, we could talk about that all night if we wanted to. But um, <laughs> that's going to do it for Bane. Uh, take a quick break, and then we'll come back with Baby Doll. All right, Baby Doll, written by Paul Dini, directed by Dan Reba. And in this one, a washed-up actress named Mary Doll has become bitter and insane after falling into obscurity and suffering from a disorder that prevents her body from growing to adulthood. Thus biologically cursed with literal eternal youth, she kidnaps her TV family co-stars, who all led much happier lives and more successful careers than her, and holds them prisoner on the abandoned soundstage of her old show. While Robin works fast to free the actors from Baby Doll's explosive death trap, Batman pursues the tiny fiend through a deadly carnival funhouse. And so when I started watching this, I realized about 10 minutes in that I had the completely wrong memory of who Baby Doll was (laughs) because I thought she was a robot. Oh, and what I realized is I was getting her mixed up. Yeah, because she's well, because I was getting her mixed up with there's a character from uh, Wolverine comics Mm -hmm. who's uh, the name I can't remember off the top of my head, but she hangs around with a uh, a messed up robot clone of Wolverine called Albert. What the freak? Really? Yeah. And uh, she's a bomb. She's a robot who is also a bomb. And so they have this like uh, Beauty and the Beast brother and sister kind of dynamic. Mm. And so I just imprinted that onto this and I forgot that she was just a 35 year old woman who looks like she's 10. Yeah. What's that I, called? Uh, Isn't yeah. uh, what's his name? had it. Gary, uh, Gary Coleman had it. Oh, I don't know. Oh. I don't, I don't know. I, a- I don't know if this is, uh, it, it, it's possible. I don't know. I, I didn't write down what the thing that they say is. I should have looked it up. I always I thought yeah. she, I always thought of Gary Coleman when I watched this and I just, cause I'm like, Oh, cause he's, he's, he doesn't age either. It's like a thing. Uh, I right. don't know. I just, LC- sorry, sorry. The, the Wolverine character, her name is LCD. <laughs> okay. Thanks for LCD. failing me out. Clay. <laughs> 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 yeah. Anyway, enough about Gary Coleman. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, what, what did you, uh, how did you guys feel about this one? I love this episode. Uh, yeah. I cannot believe I like this episode as much as I do. It's totally, if you told me what this episode was on paper, I'm like, yeah, I don't think I want to draw that. But uh, this was one of, like, for me, top 10 of the entire series because they take a character yeah. that okay. should, it doesn't have as many, it doesn't have the business being as good as it is, I think. Um, and I love the ending, especially with the Hall of Mirrors. Like animating that must have been a pain, but uh, they took their time, and I think it just paid off. And uh, the very end, when she's like so destroyed, Batman like puts a hand on her head instead of putting her in cuffs. I just yeah. I always thought that that showed a real human moment for him. Yeah, I yeah. I feel like this one it works entirely because of that ending. I think the ending is so good, yeah, that it elevates everything else that came before it. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I, I really enjoyed uh, the episode, but there, there, like, I felt like there was some uh, tonal shifts mm. that um, kind of took me out in certain areas. Mm. But yeah, uh, I agree. At the very end, it was very, like, very powerful. You guys have a good point, honestly, because if I was watching this for the first time, I'd be like, this is dumb. Batman can't catch a little blonde girl. Like, give me a break. <laughs> and then at the end, like, it's just that emotional note just hits you like, oh, my God. Like, it got real yeah. deep real quick. 
And I mean, there's yeah. even this episode. Of, oh, and to finish my point, this episode is better the second time around because you know what it's leading up to. And I think maybe that's why I give it a higher score. Like maybe the first time you watch it, it's not as great. Yeah. I, you know, Agreed. it's, I, I don't think the stuff that comes before it is bad. It, it, it is a little bit. I did find myself thinking of previous episodes, like uh, what she ends up doing with the actors felt a lot like that. I think it's, is it Christmas with the Joker uh-huh. where he kidnaps um, commissioner Gordon and Gordon's family or like mm. the other cops. And he does like a TV show where they're all playing like a family. Yep. It felt a little bit like right. that. Her um, relationship with the redheaded ass kicking lady. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me, it reminded me a little bit of Scarface and the ventriloquist a little bit. Mm. Um, so there's well, like, except- Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, except the redhead has no personality. <laughs> right. Yeah. She doesn't. She doesn't. Yeah. Well, she can kick ass, but that's about it. Eh, yeah. It's, it's a job. She can kind of make comments while she's fighting. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we never <laughs> yeah. see her again. We never see her again after that because it's like, well, this job isn't for me, I guess. The second time Robin's um, fought a girl, by the way. In this that's true. Yeah. 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 He seems like really into it, too. Because in the game, <laughs> maybe that's like his fetish. Like, maybe I, I'll accidentally I mean, maybe. touch a booby. <laughs> yeah because in the bane episode in the bane episode he doesn't really have any reason to want to fight her but when he climbs up out of the water he's like come here sweetie it's and the, you know then they wrestle yeah, around man, in the water it's a wet wet shirt wet blouse night <laughs> um but yeah it's uh uh oh yeah the the stuff that happens is i think the character is the best part but even there mm. i think the character doesn't really live up to its its concept until you get to the end yeah right right agreed because because there's certain parts in the beginning of the episode where they play it a little too much for laughs Mm. um and and i think that takes a little bit away from it but as a kid show you know it works until the ending which is which definitely works yeah 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 i actually think there's a lot of really nice uh scenes like i i really like the scene where um robin is watching the old episodes of the show <laughs> yeah and you you get you get some really nice animation of him chuckling at the show yeah. and then He's- he notices batman is like looking at him and then he like straightens up and gets serious that was really nice <laughs> he's he's hilarious in this episode for sure but you know i sean i was actually just looking quickly uh, to to look up some baby doll information. Uh-oh. Uh oh. <laughs> regarding the comic book, I mean, and okay, that sounded strange. Uh, I think I think her appearance in White Knight might be the only time she's shown up in the comics. Oh, that'd be cool. Awesome. Because uh, the only thing I can see, uh, at least on the site that I'm looking at here, says. She was in White Knight, and she was in a, a a book called Modern Masters, which was about Bruce Tim. But that seems to be about his like career and Whoa. not like a comic or anything. You know, I'm gonna have to reread it. I got some emails, people. They're like, "Oh, you finally made Baby Doll. You bought her into canon, or you bought her you bought her into the universe." Like they said it in different ways, and I thought they meant, "Oh, you brought her into White Knight universe, and we haven't seen her for a while." Uh, it didn't register if they were actually saying no. She's never, literally, never been in the comic before. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think that she has. I'm not, I'm not huh. seeing any. Uh, so her any first appearance reference of her. is White Knight. Oh, sorry, first, first yeah, comic book appearance is in White Knight when I, and then in the second one I kill her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great, great decision in hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, I felt bad killing her because she's such a sweet character. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, why did you do it? There's a so in the later on, she gets together with Killer Croc, and uh, in White Knight in the volume two, I put her with Croc whenever I can. Uh, mm. like, and there's even a line in the first one where uh, they're fighting Harley on top of a car, and Harley's like, I never understood these two, it's, you know, who I wonder who the little spoon is, or. <laughs> some, it was some like reference to like cuddling. I don't remember what line I went with. Or if I had to edit it out, but uh, yeah, yeah. So when I had Croc get killed or get shot, he survives. When he gets shot by Bullock, three pages later, and then everything floods. Uh, everyone's like drowning on the water. And everyone's like, and then you see this uh, silhouette of Killer Croc with four holes in his chest, surrounded by blood. And then in the background, you see Baby Doll reaching for him. And uh, hmm. I was proud of that. Nobody seemed to fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is a huge moment. There's got to be baby doll fans out there, right? Huh? Huh? And then everyone's like, she's literally never been in the comic before, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually really surprised that she hasn't. And yeah. But at the same time, I think, and I think that's an interesting thing to jump into because kind of like the Batman the Animated Series version of Mr. Freeze, she has a very specific story that you tell with her yeah right and it's kind of difficult to tell a further story with her that has the same level of impact because it's it's kind of it's either going to be the same thing as the first one or it's going to be something else that isn't quite as emotionally or or uh doesn't have the character resonance yeah. as this it's one it's hard does. to do her twice we have a, a new villain in uh this harley quinn book that my wife is writing for mateo um and uh mm. I won't say the name of the villain, but she's a 1920s based Zelda Fitzgerald Hollywood killer. And mm-hmm. you really can't Whoa. use her. I mean, I like that idea as a one shot, but I don't see how yeah. the hell, like for all of your 1920s, you need a 1920s murdery golden age of Hollywood, but you got to use blank. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like when you create Ra's al Ghul, it's like, there's a character that's going to come back again and again and again. This is perfect. But I created something. So Adam West, it's like, well, welcome to your first and last appearance sweetheart i don't think anyone's gonna with her after unless they need a murderer from the 1920s well i mean at this point her most devastating weapon is just waiting because everyone she's gonna go after is gonna be dead soon anyway right yeah (laughs) well that's her thing is when she kills someone she paints them black and white because tv shows are black and white back then or like golden age movies so she's like killing them and restoring them back to their prime Oh, that's fun. So, yeah. like wow. Shameless. Weird, twisted Goldfinger. Yep. When when, <laughs> when did that book come out? Uh, Again? October. In October, issue one comes out. Oh, And wow. uh, the series is going to introduce two new villains. So for people that are like collectors and want to, you know, that's one reason to buy it. And if you don't like it, then don't tell my wife because this is her first time writing a comic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds um, cool, though. Sounds like a lot of work, though. Like, after you kill someone, you got to paint them. <laughs> yeah. Like, you got rigor mortis setting in, so that must affect how, like, the paint goes and the lipstick and all that. <laughs> well, the brand the brand manager definitely offloaded a bunch of uh, a bunch of paint that was left over from when he moved in <laughs> to, to her when she came in to get her gimmick. I can tell you that much. Uh, did you guys notice that her henchmen are based on uh, Gilligan and the Skipper? Yeah. From Gilligan's <laughs> yeah, Island? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I thought they were pretty cool. They, they were pretty good uh, goon versions of Gilligan and the Skipper, I thought. Yeah. yeah, I like when they make the henchmen or when they make them Curly Larry and Moe, but on steroids. 
Yeah. I, I like <laughs> when they do that stuff and they don't draw attention to it. I was, I thought they were going to, uh, there's a, there's a term that I learned from uh, a podcast that I like, uh, called Harmontown. Uh, that's, yeah. that's hosted by Dan yep. Harmon, the creator of Rick and Morty and community and stuff. Yep. And he has a term for a style of joke that he hates called monopoly manning, which is if you mm-hmm. remember in, uh, Ace Ventura, when nature calls, uh-huh. there's a guy who looks like the Monopoly ma- man. Uh-huh. And then the joke is that Ace Ventura oh. points out that he looks like the Monopoly man and then does a bunch of Monopoly man jokes. <laughs> right. And it's he uses that term in reference to you're, you're creating the joke, pointing out the joke in order to facilitate further jokes. And it, it's just kind of like a cheap way to write jokes. Right. And I was expecting them to do that with the Skipper and Gilligan thing where they were going to make some really point out or have Robin be like, these guys look really familiar. Didn't they get lost on a cruise somewhere or something like that? (laughs) But uh, I like that this show, they do a lot of that stuff where they'll base background characters or secondary characters, clearly base them on actors and just not bring any attention to it. Yeah. Right. People who are cool, who remember the days of, uh, you know, Rosebud and all the deep cuts from, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of film geeks who must have helped cast this show, so to speak, you know, like you almost expect yeah. to see a Humphrey oh, I mean, guard in the background. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that they've never done that. That's it's like it's almost like too easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, that would- I, I was just gonna say, I think I've said this before. I don't know if it was on this show or a different one, but I always think back how the first like five seasons of The Simpsons are mostly jokes from like the fifties. <laughs> Like all yeah. of the references on the Simpsons are just like old television references <laughs> that were probably, probably even old for the people writing the jokes. Yeah. And for some reason they make it work and it's, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> I got to say, uh, one thing I love is that when, uh, apparently Robin knows how to play some pretty sweet licks on the guitar. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. He that really got into that role. Like, I wonder if he actually, he must've played on the side or whatever, but that's really going for it when you start <laughs> it happening another character. When uh when they revealed that it was Robin and uh, I was kind of you know because that that character is like a schlubby looking teenager with pimples <laughs> and long hair and stuff I was yeah. kind of hoping the real one would show up and be like a nice well put together young man and have him be like so is this what you think of me this is what Robin <laughs> assumes millennials dress like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love um, the, the kid brother rock and roller. My he reminds me of my brother in law, who's kind of like a guy with a rock van who's stuck in another era. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Aren't we all at this point? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know if you guys had had much else you wanted to say about this one. I'm surprised we didn't have uh, as much to talk about because it is. I think there's a lot there, but it is so backloaded. Yeah, that it's it's tough to uh, really break it apart. Yeah. I think I think my problem was. Um, I, I only watched it once, I, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't fall asleep. That, that's well, that's great. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's mark <laughs> yeah. approval right there, yeah. It's funny. I'm, so I'm looking at Baby Doll, and I'm like struck. She looks very Tiny Toons, you know, but yes. yeah. on purpose, obviously. Uh, and like mm. I look, the way they animated her, like each of her hair, pieces of hair has a swirl on it. Like she's not an easy character to, to animate. Um, right. But they went all out designing her, which I thought was pretty ballsy. Like I remember watching this as a kid thinking she looked like she belonged in a different universe or something, you know? Um, yeah. This is definitely. funny. W- when they reanimate her for season four, they give her like a flat, a blonde circle for hair and that's it. There's like zero detail on her. <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> 
I I think um, another amazing thing about it is the voice work on this one. Yes. Um, yeah. Especially with Baby Doll, because to be able to create those two distinct voices, one which is high pitched, and then the other one which is her normal voice. Hmm. And then on top of that, like the Shakespeare stuff, I thought that was yes. pretty fun. That that Shakespeare stuff is so weird, but it's sort of beautiful because they know it's weird. I mean, they're like, what is this? What is this thing I'm watching with Batman? I'm like 12 and I'm enjoying this. What the hell is going on? I yeah. do think I do think Robin's a little harsh because he's because <laughs> he, he's kind of like watching this and 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 taking in this story about this this woman who is trapped in the body of like a a, a toddler and all of the the things she struggled with and he's like it's not Olivia is it over here right guys like, oh, yeah yeah I think that's what and, I, would and like draw. I said yeah. <laughs> But I, I think that and I think that's what makes Robin like such a a great addition to this particular story. But in, in a sense, it kind of takes away from the seriousness. Yeah. Which is mm. fine. You know that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you have I think you have to have some yeah. some levity in the story. It'd be, it would be tough to, to tell yeah. this completely straight. <laughs> Speaking of uh, yeah, I'm just emo how, right now. How this you're talking about how this is like backloaded as far as you got to get to the end for it really she gives you everything and there's an episode mm. like that on mm. futurama where uh fry's dog dies and it's the one that all futurama oh, yeah. fans know and they'll skip over because it's so good like you can't possibly watch it if you're a dog lover and uh mm. it's we'll put it on calling my wife refuses to watch it but i'll put it on anyway and i'll <laughs> wait to see how long she notices before it's the dog episode <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and every time we'll watch it all the way through and i'll look over at the end and she will have eyes swelled up with tears um, and if you haven't seen that episode, you should go check it out. But it's my wife's favorite slash least favorite because she just can't get through it. <laughs> well, next time I'm feeling too good, I guess I'll pro- throw that on. <laughs> no one said I was a good husband. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did look up the redesign, and yeah, it's not particularly inspired. It's just yeah. uh, it's like a bowl cut with two pigtails on it. <laughs> and the guy who yeah. animated her in this recent this episode we just watched is like, "Fuck, I'm not drawing those pigtails again. I'm going to go with a circled blonde <laughs> helmet." You know, I I will say I do think the animation in this episode is really good. Like I yeah. said, yeah. that scene with that acting that they do with Robin is great. Yeah, and it does seem like that they leaned into some of the more quality stuff. And in, in both of these episodes, I actually think are both really good. Yeah, I gotta say, I love her vehicle too. Like her. Oh, that big boxy truck thing! Yeah. No, 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 no. The her tricycle. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> dude, that thing's faster than like the Batmobile. I, I don't know how she got away. It's powered by the flavor of nerds. Yeah, Andy's there you go. Yeah, <laughs> pixie sticks, pixie sticks into the back tank, and you're good to go. Um, and actually, uh, I th- I think you guys brought up a good point. Like, uh, if there was another story, I I think it would be nice to play her off of someone uh, like Croc, like uh, Mm. what Sean did, where there's these two people that have these ailments and, you know, they're not normal. So they kind of sympathize for each other. 
but one can be the brains and the other is like the brawn kind of thing. Yeah. Which is what you did. Honestly, like giving her to Brock as a sidekick is so weird, but it makes so much sense as a writer. She's like, shit, I could write that all day. Jesus Christ. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like I think, I think there's, I think there is stuff you could do with her. It's probably too dark for the cartoon. Oh, like my my first thought is like, well, what if she wants to have a family? Right. So that, what if she like kidnaps a child or something, you know, like you can, you can get into some of that stuff that she's probably dealing with, but it's definitely too dark for a children's TV Yeah, I think getting into her dark history of being a porn star because she's technically (laughs) 18, even though she looks like she's six, maybe not great for her show. That might be uh, (laughs) a bit too far. Although if we want to talk about where she got all her money, that's, that may be where I would take the story. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know if DC would let me do that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when you when you want to get out of your your contract given yeah. that oh pitch. they're a big fan of <laughs> yeah. suggested pedophilia on their characters they love that at dc <laughs> <laughs> um steven what would you what would you want commissioned from from this oh episode? crap um man I, I i would have to think about this like maybe when robin like grabs the dynamite with his mouth and mm-hmm. throws it oh and yeah then, and then I, I just want to see uh, Sean and Clay draw the <laughs> tricycle, <laughs> like that, that tricycle, and you she's like burning Sean. rubber. Sean, you can dot, just dot, 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 and Clay, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was I'm, I'm equal opportunity here. Yeah, come on. <laughs> no, part of me wants to draw uh, her standing in front of the, all the mirrors. Like I could see a really dramatic mm. poster. Um, oh. but that would be such a pain in the ass, and you'd never be able to sell that unless I like. Yeah. I don't want to meet the customer that wants to buy that, you know. Unless she's a big fan and has a, <laughs> a nursery and she wants something cute, like. But if it's a guy that comes up yeah. and wants to buy that, uh, I don't know. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> someone who needs some uh, body dysmorphia art for their nursery. <laughs> yeah, you know, creepy child murderer with teddy bear gun. <laughs> yeah, my oh. uh, I I think I would draw my favorite little bit of animation in this, I think is when towards the end, when she starts telling her monologue story, um, Mm. they zoom in on her face and they change the lighting. So she goes from a happy child and then her eyes like bags show up under her eyes and she just looks older (laughs) and they, they make, it's a really, it's a really nice piece of animation where they, they make her look like she's an older woman. Uh, who's just more stuck in this in this character? I really like that. I think that would be interesting to do on a comic page. Yeah, so yeah there's also a great sequence a point. when uh, Batman is chasing her through tiny tubes and through funhouse stuff, and she's using her size to her advantage to evade him. Yeah, I feel like mm-hmm. that would be a really cool p- silent page to do. You have like 20 panels, and you would make the chase go like a maze from panel to panel, almost like a uh, yeah. who's the guy that drew uh, Hawkeye for a while. Oh, uh, David Aha. Yeah, like the kind of cute stuff that Aha would do. I think I would love to see just a sequence of her running from Batman as he's chasing her through a swing set and like everything is slowing him down. <laughs> yeah, that would be a lot of that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, what would you guys rate this one? Um Oh, go ahead. No, we want to hear your opinion. I don't want you to use mine or, or Clay's. You don't have to agree with us. All right, sorry. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's pretty high. I'd probably do like four. Nice. Four, mm. four and a half. Yeah. 
And yeah. and uh, just to uh, uh, bring it back to Bane, I think these two had very good animation. Yeah. Like some mm-hmm. of them are kind of shoddy, mm-hmm. but like this one, the lines are very like like pretty sh- like strong. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It that they're like, we got, we only have a budget for five really nice animated episodes. They're like, ooh, ooh, let's do the one with Baby Doll. They're like, who? Like, trust me, right? <laughs> like, what to put all their money in this one it amazes me. <laughs> it does kind of feel. Maybe I'm just looking towards the future too much, but it mm-hmm. almost felt like you could start to see some of the style change too, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. stuff was getting a little bit more angular. Yeah, and some of the faces, yeah. their eyes were just being done with like black dots uh-huh. instead of actually drawing eyeballs and stuff right. so it seemed like they were kind of on their way over there yeah. but yeah it's they definitely pulled out the big guns for this one yeah um i think i'm gonna go four as well because i think it's i think it's really great i think it's the end of it does a lot of the heavy lifting um and i think that's what stops it from being a five for me yeah mm-hmm. uh but it is it is really nice yeah so uh, yeah i think four because uh you're right clay if it, heart of ice which is the high bar is good the first minute you're watching it. It's good the fifteenth minute. Right. It's good at the end. Like it, it, it has moments spattered throughout. And uh, this one is really good, but it really you have to get to the end before it really clicks. Yeah. And just by design, really, it just can't be as yeah. good as Mister Freeze. You know, you really have to Green. be like along for the ride in this one for it to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like once it starts and you see who the villain is, it's like someone is going, "Wait, wait, stay with me yeah. here." Just get to the end. <laughs> right. It'll all be worth it. Man, there's a lot of baby doll uh, fan art on Pinterest. I'm sure you guys are shocked. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes. Be sure to scrub your oh, browser history. Some of them are giving them tonight. breasts. That's not cool. What's the point? Yeah. Why, yeah. why even draw her then? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, welcome, welcome to internet fan art, I guess. I mean, if, you, if, you, if you want to be weird, draw a prepubescent child. The, the fact that you drew one and then gave her Bre- I don't, oh man we might want to yeah. this part out <laughs> <laughs> well i can do that eh, um, maybe it's fine <laughs> i'm sure it's fine. i'd keep it <laughs> uh but yeah that's gonna do it for uh bane and baby doll uh steven thank you so much for coming on if, if there's any shout outs or anything you'd like to do you're more than welcome to do it Cool. Uh, no, thank you guys. This was really fun. I just want to shout out one of my comic book buddies at work, Jeremy, uh, who <laughs> listens to this religiously as well. Oh man! And then, yeah, I, I really appreciate it, you guys. Like, this was awesome. And then, um, if we had video, I would be showing you my '89 Batmobile from Lego. Like, I built the Lego one. Oh, nice. I, it, it's beautiful. <laughs> and you, you made your own. Uh, you did it just blind, or did you get a kit? Oh no, I got a kit. I can't I can't do that blind. Yeah, I'm no. I'm too old for that. <laughs> too old well, to uh, thank I you. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to end the episode. Sorry. <laughs> well, and anyway, thank thank you again, Stephen. Thanks so much for donating to the Kickstarter and uh thank you to you and Jeremy for uh being fans of the show. And uh thank you Sean for coming back yeah. as always. Yep, thanks Clay. And uh, Stephen, thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate your generosity and supporting of my friend. Thank you. If, if we could, if we could just go around the room and just thank each other for being here today and sharing this with you, you know. well, uh, that's gonna that's gonna do it, guys. Uh, we'll be back next time with the Lion and the Unicorn and Showdown. See ya. <laughs>